I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. This week we're going to talk about food allergies and food intolerances. Now, so many of you are having health issues that are related to what you're eating. And so many times people don't get it. I was talking to a patient of mine yesterday. And she was saying that her grandbabies are crying all the time, a boy and a girl, little babies, and they cry, and one cries, and the other cries, and on and on and on and on. And then I said, well, what, is, what are the kids getting fed? Well, they're being fed cocoa. They were on a cocoa kick for a while, and chocolate, and donuts, and cookies, and uh, you know, eggs, and uh, the one kid did have a banana, though. And I said, well, a lot of that could be food intolerances or food allergies, because you've got to realize something. When a baby is young, they have to develop their immune system. They have to develop their digestive system. And so breastfeeding, of course, is absolutely positively the best thing you can do for a baby. I would recommend at least a year because that's what the baby is designed to eat. It's easy to digest. It helps build the immune system. It helps build uh, their resistance to, to food allergies. And when you don't breastfeed a baby, or if you take them off breast food right away, uh, breast milk, and get them on other foods, the immune system goes crazy. And so these children most likely are having reactions to the food, I put that in quotes, that they're eating, um, and so they're miserable. Their sinuses are running, they get diarrhea, their stomach hurts, they get headaches, uh, they're miserable, they get agitated. You know how you feel if you eat a bad meal. You know, I just had a, whatever, a steak and a couple of drinks and a big piece of bread and, and a dessert, and I just feel awful. Well, your immune system is already evolved and developed. You give this to a baby, and the baby's immune system goes nuts. And so parents, if you have children that are crying and screaming and you can't understand what's going on, look at what you're feeding them. You're feeding them these proteins that their body doesn't recognize. And so the body starts attacking these foreign proteins. Now, as you get, become an adult, your immune system says, okay, that's a fine protein. I have to worry about that one. That one's okay. But for children, it's really serious. And now they've built up this sensitivity. They're sensitive to the foods they're eating, which now can become a lifelong problem. So now you say, well, so many people have allergies now. Peanut allergies are crazy. And uh, people have dairy allergies and weed allergies. And they hear about allergies all the time and, and smoke and, and perfume. Yeah, a lot of that has to do because of what we fed the child when they were young. So be careful what you're feeding the children. So I want to talk about now food allergies versus food intolerance. What's the difference? There is actually a difference. Now, physical reactions to certain foods are the most common. Most are caused by a food intolerance rather than a food allergy. So you got to understand the difference here. Now, many times the symptoms are the same. A food intolerance can cause some of the same symptoms and signs as a food allergy, so many times it's confused. A true food allergy causes your immune system to have a reaction that affects numerous organs in the body. It can range from a bunch of symptoms. Uh, in some cases, an allergic food reaction can be severe or even life-threatening. Now, in contrast to that, a food intolerance, which is much more common, this causes symptoms that are generally less serious and often limited to things like digestive problems, maybe the sinus running, uh, maybe some mood swings, but usually it, it, food intolerance is not going to be life-threatening. Now, if you have a food intolerance, you might be able to eat small amounts of the offending food without any trouble. 
You may also be able to prevent a reaction. Now, for example, if you have a lactose intolerance, this is big. People say, I'm lactose intolerant, Dr. Joe. So now they have milk that they put enzymes in to break down the lactose so that you can drink it. I think that's silly. I'm going to tell you why in a second. Now, you might be able to drink this lactose-free milk or lactase enzyme pills that you can take, but it's silly to take something that has to be altered chemically in order for you to digest it in this level. I mean, if you have to cook some foods or something, that's different. So you can switch to something called non-dairy milk. And this is something that's extremely common. And in fact, it's become an issue. It's become a political hot, hot, hot button because dairy farmers, sales are dropping dramatically in the dairy industry. More and more people are switching to things like coconut milk, almond milk, hemp milk, cashew milk. And the growth of that industry is growing up. It's exploding. And more and more people are switching to it. So less and less people are buying dairy products. And so the dairy industry is very concerned. Now, if you drink something like almond milk, it's not a health food. It might just have a couple of almonds in it with water and maybe some, you know, some sweetener if you want to do a sweetened one. It's not a health food. It's way better than dairy. But it's not something to say, I'm going to drink almond milk because it's good for me. Now you should take Dr. Joe's Super Greens, Dr. Joe's Essential Source as supplements. That's good for you. Almond milk is just not bad for you. But it's still a million times better than the dairy as far as I'm concerned because the dairy, you have to worry about the allergens. Number one food allergen in the world is dairy. Number two is wheat. If you're drinking non-organic milk, you may have to worry about the chemicals that the cows were fed. Steroids, chemicals, hormones, antibiotics, pesticides, herbicides, genetically modified foods. These go into the cow's milk, and then it goes into you, which is another reason why so many people are having more allergies, because milk that you drank, if you're, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, or your grandmother drank, is different than the milk you're drinking now. I'm old enough to remember that we used to have the milkman, and you'd hear the bottles clanging in the middle of the night. You had this little thing outside your side door, and you'd open it up. It was like a, like a cooler. And they'd put the milk in it, and then you'd put the bottles back. They'd recycle the bottles. It was a you'd deposit, and you get your milk again. Milk but then was different. It had something in it. Now, what was that something? Oh, that's right, flavor. It actually tasted like something. And whatever they fed the cow, that's what the milk tasted like. Because I would remember tasting milk, and it would be sweet. Well, maybe they ate uh, cloves. Uh, clover, I'm sorry. Or they had um, uh, an onion flavor. Maybe they ate some scallions that grew in the field because the cows were out in the pasture. Now the cows are fed uh, soy or corn. This is not a food that a cow would naturally eat. And it raises the omega-6 fatty acid levels in the milk and lowers the omega-3 fatty acids. Now, omega-3 fatty acids are essential for brain function, for anti-inflammation. It helps the body work more efficiently. helps the immune system. So something high in omega-3 fatty acids, probably better for you. Now we're putting omega-6 fatty acids into the dairy products. Omega-6 fatty acids in large quantities are inflammatory. It's causing an inflammatory reaction. And so people will be more likely to have an allergy to it. So the the milk today is different. So if you're going to drink milk, cow's milk, I'm going to suggest you do organic only. You're going to avoid a lot of those potential dangers that are in there. The other thing, if it's legal in your state, is to drink raw milk. Now, in Georgia, I know it's not legal for humans to buy raw milk, but they can buy it for their animals. Now, it's up to you what you want to do, but if it was up to me and I drank milk, which I don't, I would drink raw cow's milk if I drank it. But a better choice is just don't drink it. You're going to avoid all these possible allergies and uh, inflammatory reactions.
So, causes of food intolerance. They can, be, they can include things like absence of an enzyme that you need to fully digest the food. And lactose is a perfect example. Lactose intolerant, intolerance is very common. It's more common in people south of the equator than north of the equator. Asians have more milk intolerance than Europeans. Still, it's a problem for everyone because you don't produce the lactase to break down the lactose. And lactase is the enzyme that you need to break it down. Now, when you're an infant, when you're a child, because people say, well, Dr. Joe, what about breast milk? You just said breast milk is the best thing in the world. When you're a child, you produce a lot of lactase, but the lactose in your species milk, whether you're a cow or a dog or a cat or a human, it, the lactose is different, so you have different ends, different types of lactase to break down the lactose. Lactose is the sugar. As we get older, our body's ability to, die, to produce lactase drops dramatically. Some people have more reactions than others. Some people, it's a genetic flaw. Well, I shouldn't say a flaw. It's a genetic situation. So you just got to be careful with doing milk after you're weaned off the breast or the, whatever it is that you're, you're drinking your milk from because that's how the body works. That's how nature works. Remember the commercial, it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. That's what you're doing when you're putting things in your body that you shouldn't be eating, like another mammal's milk. So my recommendation, if you're having food allergies and food intolerances, just get off the dairy altogether and go to the non-dairy substitutes, which is real easy. Irritable bowel syndrome is oftentimes a symptom that people have to dairy products uh, and, and food, food sensitivities. This chronic condition can cause cramping, constipation, diarrhea, uh, sensitivity to food additives is another one we got to worry about. Now, for example... Sulfites are used to preserve things like dried fruit, canned goods, wine, and it can trigger asthma attacks in sensitive people. It can trigger headaches in sensitive people. So I tell you to eat a lot of fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. If you're going to eat uh, dried fruit, make sure it doesn't have sulfites in it. How do you know it has sulfites in it? Number one, it's labeled. It has to be labeled. Number two, if you do organic, it can't have sulfites in it by definition. Number three, if it looks really pretty. You ever see apricots and they're bright orange and they look great or dried apples or peaches and they're fresh and plump and juicy? That's the sulfites. Now, if you go to a, an organic dried peach or dried apricot, it's shriveled up, it's brown, that's okay. Now, that being said, dried fruit is still a strong concentration of, of, of uh, sugar. Because if you eat a whole apple, it's, it's a, mostly water. And so it's not as concentrated as opposed to you sitting down eating apple chips or dried apricots. You're going to eat a lot more, or apricots, depending where you're from. You're going to eat a lot more of the dried fruit. So you got to be careful with that. Small amounts of dried organic fruit, okay. Don't sit there and eat them like it's popcorn and eat a big bag of it. It's just way too much sugar, okay? Stress can, can cause food sensitivities or food reactions. If you have recurring stress or psychological factors, sometimes the mere thought of food can make you sick. My sister, when she was young had barley soup, and she got sick. The rest of her life, she couldn't eat barley soup. So there was an emotional component attached to the barley soup. When I was young, I got hit by a car. And I was in a hospital in Germany, actually. And I was, on, I was visiting relatives. I was like 10 years old, got hit by a car. They thought I was dead. They covered me up on the side of the road. They had to go get ambulances. It was in a small, a small town. And anyway, long story short, I moved when they put me in the ambulance. I wasn't dead. And I remember the last thing I ate before I got this severe head injury was something called kohlrabis. That was a food in Germany, and, and, I, and it was delicious. To this day, me thinking about kohlrabis makes my stomach turn. Because when I got hit by the car and I had this head injury, I vomited for days. 
So the last thing I ate was kohlrabis. So there can be an emotional component to a food sensitivity. Now, the reason isn't fully clear as to why that happens, but it does. So think about that. If you have a bad experience with a certain food, that may be causing a sensitivity. Celiac disease. Celiac disease is some of, uh, has some of the features of a true food allergy because it actually involves the immune system. Symptoms often include things like gastrointestinal stress as well as um, unrelated other digestive issues such as joint pain, <clears throat> excuse me, headaches. Whenever people with celiac are not at risk of, uh, uh, people with celiac can be at risk of something called anaphylaxis. Now this is a, uh, uh, that can cause uh, trouble breathing. This chronic digestive condition is triggered by things like eating gluten. So if you have celiac disease and you eat gluten, gluten is a protein that's found in wheat, barley, and rye. So if you're eating gluten, you could be having a reaction. So if you have celiac disease, I'm sure you know this already, don't eat wheat. Number one, food allergen, dairy products. Number two, wheat. So patients call me all the time. They come to see us in our offices. I get, I, again, this show is nationally syndicated. It's all over the world. So people send me emails and they'll say, Dr. Joe, at drjoe.com, by the way, is the website. They'll say, Dr. Joe, I have a skin reaction. I have uh, whatever you want to call it, dermatitis. Uh, what should I do about it? And I said, whenever I see a skin reaction, the first thing I think of is a liver. And many times it's a food allergy or food sensitivity that's causing the liver to malfunction. So what I tell people whenever I see psoriasis or any type of skin condition, give up all your wheat and all your dairy for two weeks. No, not a bite, not nothing, because that can trigger the reaction again. No wheat, no dairy. Uh, barley and rye also fall under wheat. So wheat, barley, and rye all have this type of gluten in it that's not good. So wheat, barley, and rye, and dairy, zero for two weeks. At the end of two weeks, I want you to have something that has gluten in it and has dairy. And a good example of that would be pizza. Have a big slice of pizza. Have two slices of pizza. Have a milkshake with it. See how you do. If the skin reaction comes back, you're having a food sensitivity to the food and you want to cut those foods out. It's pretty simple. And that's what we're going to talk about elimination diet a little later as to how to find out what you really have. So if you have a food allergy, you can be, risk, you can be at risk of a life-saving, life-threatening reaction called anaphylaxis. A food sensitivity may not cause it, okay? So if the immune system is involved, if we can test blood for you and find out that you have this food reaction, that's when you have to be real, real scared. Now, if you have past reactions, even if they've been mild, Understand that there may come a day where, boom, you have this blown-up reaction and it can become life-threatening. Learn how to recognize a severe allergic reaction and know what to do if one occurs. You may have to carry an uh, epinephrine shot with you for an emergency. I was just, what was it today? Oh, one of our patients was sending her kid to camp, and the kid has to carry what they call an EpiPen or an epinephrine pen in case she has a reaction. So if you know you're allergic to bee stings, if you're allergic to wheat or dairy, if you're allergic to peanuts and you've had these sensitivities in the past, assume that you could have a worse reaction in the future. It can happen. If it never happens, great, but you want to be prepared for it. A food intolerance, again, it's not when the immune system is, is going to register. A food intolerance might be due to a di di digestive issue. I see this all the time. Patients come to me and say, Dr. Joe, I have food allergies. What do I do about it? And I say, Let's talk about your digestive system. And I'm going to back up a little bit and talk about what your stomach does. Your stomach's job is to take proteins. And if you look at protein under a microscope, it looks like a ball of yarn. And your stomach has enzymes in it that unravel this yarn and start the digestive process. Then it passes from your stomach into your small intestine where the pancreas kicks in 
and release, releases amylase, protease, and lipase. Lipase breaks down fat, protease breaks down protein, and amylase breaks down carbohydrates. And it gets into the system, and the protease breaks down this unraveled twine even further into something called amino acids. Now, the amino acids go into your small intestine. They get absorbed. The body says, oh, we need uh, valine over here. We need isoleucine over there. And the 20 amino acids are then distributed throughout the body to where they're needed. If you're not digesting your food properly, if you're not breaking down your proteins properly, these relatively big chunks of protein pass from the stomach into the small intestine where they can get absorbed. And these big chunks of protein can get into the small intestine and cause an inflammatory reaction. And when there's an inflammatory reaction in the colon, you can tear little holes in the colon, and this is called leaky gut syndrome. 20, 30 years ago, I was teaching leaky gut syndrome. No one thought it was real. What is leaky gut? It doesn't make sense. That's silly. Now, it turns out leaky gut syndrome is a real thing. <gasps> Dr. Joe was right. Of course, Dr. Joe was right. Dr. Joe was right years ago about leaky gut. And now we're looking and treating people with leaky gut syndrome, where before I was like a, the lone wolf out in the wilderness talking about it. So one of the reasons you get leaky gut is food causes an inflammatory reaction. Many times it's undigested proteins. So if you're having gas and bloating and acid reflux, these undigested proteins can tear holes, gets into the blood, the immune system attacks them, and that can cause a reaction. So what do we do about that? We got to fix the digestive system. A couple of things we can do about this when it comes to food allergies and food sensitivities. Number one, avoid the foods that are causing the problem if you know what they are. Number two, do you have acid reflux, heartburn, burping, gas, bloating? You might want to come to see us so we can actually see if your stomach is pushed up against your diaphragm. Your stomach sits below your diaphragm and it digests food and passes into the small intestine. If the stomach is slammed up against the diaphragm, you might have acid reflux and heartburn and burping and gas and bloating and you feel like something's caught in your throat, chronic cough, sinus problems. That's the acid coming up into your throat. In our offices, I've trained my doctors to actually pull or adjust the stomach down away from the diaphragm. And when we do that, now the stomach is able to do its job more efficiently. If you're eating a lot of cooked foods, if you're over 30 or 40 years old, you might want to consider taking digestive enzymes. On the website, we have something called Dr. Joe's Digestive Enzymes. And whenever I eat a cooked meal, I take Dr. Joe's Digestive Enzymes because it helps break down the proteins and absorb my food more efficiently. If you're eating something raw, raw food has digestive enzymes inherent in the food. So broccoli, cucumbers, tomatoes, avocados, salad, mangoes, whatever it is. And so about 70% of the food that you eat that's raw is digested by the enzymes that are in the food. That's awesome. The other 30% have to come from your body's own digestive enzymes. If you're eating a cooked meal, anything above 110 degrees, 100% of those enzymes have to come from your body. So now you're putting strain on your body to produce these enzymes, and as you get older, your enzyme levels drop. It's called aging. That's what getting old is. So as the enzyme levels drop, it's harder to digest food. And the thing that drives me insane is if you ever go to a senior housing, they're feeding a lot of these people cooked foods. And they're feeding them things that are going to make them sick. By simply adding a digestive enzyme to their diet or giving them something raw at every meal, everything changes. They're healthier, their brain is probably going to work better, digestive system works better, chances are they're going to live longer, <clears throat> it's going to spend a lot less money on health care. There's no downside. And it's cheaper. 
There's no downside to taking care of the digestive system to break the proteins into amino acids to prevent the leaky gut syndrome to cause the immune system to react with the proteins that can lead to food intolerances and food allergies. Now, is it going to solve all the problems? No. But at least take these positive steps. Now, at our office, we can actually do a food allergy test in our office. We test for something called IgE. So if you want to test to see if you are having reactions, you can go to my website, drjoe.com, and we can, you can come into the office, we can do it, or we can actually mail you the kit. And then you can do the test, mail it back to us, and we'll give you the results. So it's a good idea to test what you're having reactions to so you know what to avoid. You want to get the digestive system working. We may have to adjust your stomach, pull the stomach away from the diaphragm. My team of chiropractors that I've trained to do this are really good at it. And the reason I say that is I have this condition. And when my stomach acts up, I get burping and gas, I get sore throat. And my symptom is I'm ravenous. I can't stop eating. Even though I'm full and I'm bloated and it hurts, I want to keep eating. Because your stomach's job is to take leptin, which is a hormone that's produced in the stomach, send it into the blood system up to the hypothalamus, where your hypothalamus says that you're full. And if the leptin is not working with the hypothalamus properly, and I've talked about this in my weight loss seminars, we might have to fix that. And then you feel full, but that's one of the symptoms I get. I grab one of my doctors, I say, hey, you know, Dr. Irwin, Dr. Cat, whatever, pull my stomach away from the diaphragm. We say, do my stomach. And lay down, pull the stomach down, bam. It's such an integral part of the treatment that we do in our offices. Because so many people might have neck pain or back pain and pinched nerves. And as chiropractors, we're really good at fixing that. In fact, chiropractic is by far the number one treatment for pain. It's the least expensive, most effective treatment for pain. Why doesn't everyone go to a chiropractor first when it's a pain case? If it's something we can help in our offices, we refer you out to the next level of doctor. So chiropractic, least effective, most effect, least expensive, most effective treatment for pain, do it. We add the stomach manipulation and working on the digestive system, and then we add the nutrition as well. We want to make sure you're getting the right nutrients. The minimum supplements you should be taking every day, minimum, to easily absorb, to take the stress off the colon, are Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. And so many people tell us when they take Super Greens and Essential Source, they're two powders, I take a scoop of each, I mix it with really cold water, coconut milk, almond milk, that their food sensitivities get better. Why? Because you're giving the body the raw materials that it needs to heal. So the protocol is avoid the foods, get the stomach fixed, get on digestive enzymes. Super Greens and Essential Source, by the way, have digestive enzymes in there. Take a digestive enzyme supplement, and now you have a proactive step-by-step plan to deal with these things and not just say, I get sick if I drink milk. I can't eat wheat. Good. Stay away from the wheat. Stay away from the dairy. I'm fine with that. But get the body healthy. Food sensitivities and food allergies are telling you that there's something wrong. And it's a warning sign. It's just like neck pain or back pain or headaches or sciatica. It's telling you something's wrong. It's nothing more than a warning sign. That's when you come see your chiropractor. Come see us and we check to see, is this something that's easily fixed? If it's not, we then send you out for there, maybe a neurological evaluation, maybe physical therapy, maybe an orthopedic evaluation. So you want to work at getting to the cause of the problem, not just treating the symptoms. And that's what we do in our offices. Oh, the website, by the way, drjoe.com. We have over 1,000 hours of podcast there, audio and video. Uh, the supplements are there. If you want to make an appointment, you can do that. If you have questions, send me questions through the website, drjoe.com. I'm more than happy to answer whatever I can for you, Okay. So follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram because we live stream a lot of our shows. You don't want to miss all this information. 
So let's talk a little bit. I'm going to have to go to break in just a second, but I want to start talking about the most common food intolerances because you may not even realize you have this problem. So again, unlike allergies, food intolerances aren't life-threatening. However, they can be problematic for those affected by the food. Intolerances and sensitivities are extremely common and seem to be on the rise. In fact, it estimate that 20% of the world's population may have some food intolerance. I believe that number is a lot higher than that. And food intolerances and food sensitivities can be hard to diagnose due to their wide range of symptoms. So when we come back, I'm going to talk about, what again, what is a food intolerance? What is hypersensitivity? And then we're going to list the foods that you really want to consider avoiding. And we'll talk about a rotation diet to see what you're having a reaction to. So folks, I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. My website is drjoe.com. If you want to make an appointment to come see us, if you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, chiropractic care is the least expensive, most effective treatment for most pain. Why wouldn't you do that? It makes no sense. So stop suffering needlessly. Go to the website right now, drjoe.com, D-R-J-O-E. Make an appointment. You can call our offices. The supplements we talked about, the digestive enzymes, the super greens, the essential source, and a bunch of other supplements that I've created, they're on the website as well, drjoe.com. The Atlanta area, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on wsbradio.com and on a WSB Radio app.